Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of No One Is Listening. Uh, we are your hosts for this episode and every episode. Uh, I'm Steve, and this is Jen. Jen, you want to say hi? Hello. All right. So we wanted to talk to you guys about. Uh, normally, we'll be like, "Oh, here are the movies that we've seen. Uh, let's talk about like two or three of them, whatever, whatever." Uh, we wanted to talk about one very specific movie, one that uh, I watched um, when it came, like right when it came out. I think. Jen, it was like a week after it came out mm-hmm. when you watched it, right? Um, and I watched it yesterday as, at the time of this recording. At the time of this recording. You watched it opening weekend. Opening weekend. You know yeah. what I watched during opening weekend? What? Fifty Shades. <laughs> so while everybody was in line to watch Black Panther, I was like, I wish I could be in that line. That's right, you did tell I have me a about tradition of watching Black, uh, Black Panther. I have a tradition <laughs> of watching Fifty Shades, like every valentine's or whatever it comes out with I my totally friend and so i was so sad because i was like i want to be in line to watch that cool movie instead i'm in a half empty theater watching the most terrible movie that's ever been made oh man i was very I, jealous of you steve i totally forgot about that um so yeah we're not gonna talk about 50 shades <laughs> we're gonna talk about black panther okay can I greet you? Um, my <laughs> arms crossed every time I see you. Um, I can't. Oh, so good. I can't stop reading about this. I, I like. I'm trying to absorb as many, as much like info about this movie. Yeah. As I can, and I I love loved Black Panther. Now, um, I would like to give. I well, let me ask you what you thought of the movie because I think your perspective is really unique in that. Like you don't. don't you don't. Me. What do you mean? In that, like, well, you're not a huge, like, superhero oh, right. comic book movie fan. Like, you you don't really, you're not like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go watch the movie along with the other, like, let's say, like, 25, 50 million people that are going to watch this. You know what I mean? Um, what As someone who isn't like, oh, yeah, I know exactly how this fits in, like, the Avengers universe or whatever. Like, how did, what did you think going into this as someone who hasn't watched all the Marvel films? So I didn't treat this as a superhero movie. I treated this going into it as um, a film about like the African and African American experience, mm-hmm. and I don't think I was wrong to do that. Oh, I think actually, not. Black Panther is in many ways the antidote to like literal Black American experience um, now. I like in like Entertainment Weekly, um, one of the critics was like. Um, in this, like, age of Black Lives Matter where black bodies are literal targets, um, Black Panther reclaims the narrative by portraying blackness as purposeful and powerful. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was just, like, a really powerful um, statement. And to sit in a movie theater for two and a half hours and watch just all these African cultural references and natural hair on women and just this non-shying away from um from like what is the african cultural experience obviously wakanda or wherever this takes place is not a real right real country but i think it's an um what's that word a, a mal- yeah the, the hybrid com- yeah it's yeah. a hybrid of of the different african cultures and it made me feel really empowered and it and it felt so nice to see 
people on screen for two hours. That isn't typically the type of people you see on screen yeah. for two hours. And it may also made me really, really hope for uh, a movie or a time where we can have the same experience with, like, a yellow panther or whatever it <laughs> like needs yellow. to be. <laughs> They're called you know lions. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, I do. Um. I thought it was a fine superhero movie. I don't. I have nothing to compare it. To. Right, right, right. I don't know if he's the best superhero. It, I don't know. <laughs> Is he? I don't know. You know what? I have a question for you. Yeah. So, um, this wasn't a typical, like, origin story because you're introduced to the character in a Captain America movie mm-hmm. originally, um, and his Black Panthers or T'Challa's father T'Chaka dies in that film, mm. right? Did you know that going in? No, I knew nothing about the Panthers. And it uh, and it's still like you were you still connected fine and everything. Yeah. Right. Even yeah. with the father son scenes where he's in like mm-hmm. the that's awesome. What do you mean? You know the part where he's like no, in the I lights. know, but like because like that's the first time you've seen him, uh, whereas yeah. we've seen him yeah. before. Right. You know what I mean? I guess I connected less to the father because. It's I mean, maybe you didn't, father though. in the movie, right? Right, right, right. right. It's about his son. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I literally knew nothing about anything going into this movie. Okay, all right. Um, so, I, yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree with everything that you've said. This was the first superhero movie where... Um, I was reading an article... Not an article. I was reading this, this thing online um, on The Ringer... And it was like, this is the first superhero movie where history matters. Mm. You know what I mean? And for me, it's like this movie felt like it was happening in the real world for the first time in, in any superhero movie. And in other movies, you know, they, and it's funny because other movies are will happen in like real cities. Yeah. Um, some of them don't have like Batman movies happen in Gotham City. Superman movies happen in... Uh, Metropolis, you know, um, the Spider-Man movies, though, take place in New York. Avengers takes place in, like, New York. You know, uh, Iron Man takes place in, like, California and, like, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, this takes place in Wakanda, like, a very fictional, not real country. I would like to go there someday. I, I would love to be there, you the know? The mountain and the water, like, what is happening? <laughs> uh, maybe ride a rhino yeah. or two, right? Oh, my God. The but this me. was the first movie where I was like, oh, this is happening not just, like, in the real world. This is happening now Mm -hmm. you know not in like an alternate reality version but like very much right now yeah you know and history matters like current events matter right now and that to me was like i was so sucked in by the gravity of it that like i didn't it felt like i was there yeah so i think you know when all of this ends and like we keep we talk about black panther's legacy it's not going to be like what black, what box office records Black mm-hmm. Panther broke, or what mm-hmm. it's done for Marvel or Hollywood, or even like the box office will matter, but not in the way we think. I think it's it, the legacy will be like what it's done for culture. Yes, hundred percent. Um, and so I think it's just a really groundbreaking film when you in that sense. Um, I will say though, I was a little bit disappointed on something. Okay. So. A part of the movie takes place in South Korea. Yes. Which oh. is very familiar to you and I, right? Oh, and I think I know where you're and going. And I actually really admired 
Lupita Nyong'o's attempt at speaking Korean. It wasn't bad. No, it was terrible, but, like, I was like, what is she saying? So I had to read the subtitles. Like, but that isn't expected. Like, that's I was expected. Just like, it's fine. Like, that's fine. Was but it the lady? The lady that she's speaking to. She is super not Korean. She's not Korean because her Korean was not Korean. Like, I had to read the subtitles. And that made me really upset because, from what I understand, they filmed part of it in Korea. No? Like, they had a whole film crew in I Korea. Because so. I sat through all of the credits to watch the end credit thingy. And there was a whole separate section in the credits of their South Korean crew. Why the why the freak could they not have casted a Korean American or a Korean actor for that role? Like, I just want to know why. I, I Do you totally have an agree. answer? I don't have an answer, but I'm going to play, not devil's advocate, play but I, I have, I don't know how likely this is. Yeah. But what if she was like, I am? That's terrible because you have a Korean crew there filming those scenes. And they're like, she is not. Like, I just, I don't get it. No, okay. I don't get it. Like, Fair. people lie on their resumes all the time. I get it. That's, like, that's the part I'm talking about. What if she was just a resume liar? But it just, it took me out of the moment. It and did. And it's the it only did. time it got me out of the moment. Again, this movie's not real. Like, nothing that happens in this movie maybe, is real. Maybe in that, in that universe, that's how they speak. Great. I guess, but like, it just made me really, really upset. <laughs> no, because I, I, I am already upset about... Um, when we talk about stuff like this, how, like, Asian Americans are never in- going to be included in whenever we say there's a breakthrough and, like, diversity and, like, a cultural perspective shift. And, like, but we're really sometimes only talking about it in terms of, like, black culture, yeah. black people represent being represented on camera, which I think is very important. And, like, that in itself is, like, a gigantic step towards progress but knowing that behind that there's still like a problem with latino representation asian representation native american representation and just like every other culture that's good that's like so far behind um they had a shot at doing that part justice even if it's not a huge part in the movie but it just was so fucked up to me that like she like for us it was clear that she was not a korean person yeah yeah what if she's korean but she just well that's also terrible but then also it's like you need to cast somebody who can speak korean okay or like do a decent attempt at it fair that is that is very upset you know what if as long as we're talking about Mm -hmm. criticisms Mm -hmm. right love this movie love it but there were everything else I, there were two things that the more I think about it, the less I'm like, the, the less I like. Okay, the, the first one is easy. First one is that, that fight scene where at the very end, it's, they're both in their Black Panther costumes, mm-hmm. and it's like a CGI fight scene. Um, I'm kind of over CGI fight scenes. Okay. You know, it's just, there's, it's, there's a movie called The Raid, which I love. And what The Raid is able to do is it's, there's, I, you, it's possible to, for a fight scene to be both entertaining and like dramatic. And I don't, I don't mean like over dramatic or melodramatic. I mean like to convey a narrative and there be a story unfolding within a fight scene, you know? And I think 
in these superhero CGI, in these superhero movies, these CGI fight scenes just aren't able to do it. And they haven't gotten there yet. They've mastered everything else, right? With And mm-hmm. this is the same thing with, like, Wonder Woman, where it's, like... And this is not a problem specific to Wonder Woman Black Panther. I mean, this is a problem that has not been solved in any superhero movie ever yet, mm-hmm. right? And it's, like... With Wonder Woman Black Panther, you have this these movies that are so phenomenal and yeah. so great and are good, not just for superhero movies, just good movies, mm-hmm. right? And then you get to a CGI fight scene and I'm just like... Checked out? Checked out. Not completely. I'm paying attention, but my heart's not there anymore. Now I'm just using my eyes. I'm just using my eyes now, you know? And that it really takes me out of the moment, you know, in, in those... You know, when we get to that that point, yeah. you know, and you can do it as creatively as you want. You can do it as well as you want, but as soon as we get, and, and you know what it is, because it's not just action sequences, because the fight scenes when they're at the waterfall, when there's no CGI, mm. or maybe like little CGI, when it's not like in costumes or in armor or whatever, um, and you see like Angela Bassett like screaming, and mm. you see the look on people's faces when they're seeing what's happening or what's about to happen like that gets to me and that i'm like oh oh this is good this is really good you know and or like you know because ryan cool and this isn't a criticism ryan cool because he did creed yeah and creed the boxing scenes in creed are just as important as like any piece of dialogue Mm -hmm. as any other piece of acting that they do you know it's that's how important and that's how good it can be but for some reason and I'm not saying this is this should. I'm not saying this should be easy, but I don't think anyone yet has figured out exactly mm-hmm. how to do that with right. these CGI fight scenes. Yeah, that's all. You know. Yeah. Again, I don't have a point of re- real reference uh-huh. to it, but um, I agree with you. Like, I think it was least interesting. By far, right? By far. But I also think that, um, like, I for people who are into into superhero movies, like, it's a huge part of the movie, right? Agreed, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I could care less about it because that's not where I what I was there for. So, like, I had a different experience. I had the same experience you did of checking out and, like, not really caring, but, like, my perspective was different because I, in general, just didn't care about any of that fight stuff. Fight I, stuff. I think it's, like, everything else has evolved except for that. And I think the first time we saw it, and it didn't look super fake, we were like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. You know, and now it's like, nice. it, I, I think maybe that's also on us realizing, or maybe I should realize that, like, you know, like, maybe I've just become desensitized to mm-hmm. it, and that's part of it. Like, if this was the first superhero movie I'd ever seen, or this was, like, Spider-Man, you know, like, the the um, Tobey Maguire ones, I'd be like, whoa! You know what I mean? And so, I do take even my own, like, inability to, like, digest this with a grain of salt mm. as well. Um, the other thing I didn't, and we talked about this uh, pre-recording, and so I, tell me what, tell me your thoughts, right? So Michael B. Jordan, right now my favorite actor, Yeah. right? And this isn't a knock against him. Him, like, his, it's not a knock against him. It's just that, his portrayal of, of of Killmonger is so layered, so deep, um, 
until, and I guess like spoiler alert, right? But like it's been out by the time we release this, it will have been out for like a few weeks. Um, when he becomes king and he takes the throne, he immediately becomes to me uh, like a one-dimensional, like just one note, like just oh, this is the plan, this is the plan, this is the plan, this is the plan. You know what I mean? Whereas up to that point, there's so much depth. He's not, I mean, he's obviously like a villain, you know, but it's like T'Challa says, because of the hate in his heart, not because he's like a bad, not because he's evil. Yeah. You know, he just has so much hate in his heart. And then he, when he becomes king, he gets like really one note really quick yeah. for me. But do you think um, villains in these types of movies in general kind of just have to be that one note character? Have to be or have been? Because oh. I, they have been. The, there's only ever been one good villain ever. Is it ever. Loki? No. Oh no. no. I don't know. I Joker. Don't know. That's it. Oh. He's it. That's it. Okay. Everyone else has been. <clears throat> there's Joker and there's everyone else. Okay. You know, and until this, until the first three quarters of this movie, this is like the first villain. Because also, like, he's the first villain that's had an impact other than I have to beat this guy. Because, you know, he is what inspires T'Challa to be like, oh, no, we have to, like, open this center in Oakland. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to, um, you know, it it was two sides of the same coin, whereas they both are now, like, because of Killmonger, T'Challa's like, oh, you know what, we do have to open ourselves to the rest of the world. Yeah. You know, and they just went about it in very different ways, you know. Um, whereas Killmonger wants to open Wakanda to the rest of the world through arming, um, you know, the oppressed, T'Challa's like, no, we're going to open ourselves to the rest of the world by, like, um, helping. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So this is the first villain of consequence. Not just like a, oh, I have to get better than beat this guy. You know what I mean? And so he's great. And, like, so I read somewhere that the first, um, the first cut of this film was supposed to be way longer. It's supposed to be like, I think... Yeah, because the movie is like really long. Because the movie already is really long, yeah. right? And it was supposed to be way longer. And I, and there's like the part where he's got like a girlfriend mm. and stuff. And I'm just like, how much of this, how much of his performance was left on the cutting room floor? You know, like I do wonder... I do wonder about that. And so I don't blame him. For, like, I'm not saying he did a bad job. And I'm not even saying Kugler did a bad job. But like how much of this would have been... And now I'm getting into dangerous territory. How much of this would have been better served as like a Netflix series? The movie? Yeah. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because cause here's the other thing, right? Especially if we hadn't been introduced to the character in Captain America, the, the father-son part, uh-huh. right? Because that part is, is not not important. So it, let's say he had to do the father-son part and the Killmonger stuff and everything else. I mean, we're talking, we're, you can't do that in two hours, two and a half hours. Right. How much of this would have been better served? How much more depth could there have been? You know, and not, doesn't have to, it's not Netflix-specific. But how much of this could have been better served as like a limited TV series versus like a movie? Yeah, and I know that's crazy because this a little crazy because this is like the fifth biggest opening ever. Heard that before? I'm not even arguing for that. That's not what I'm arguing. I think the impact definitely would have been different had it been released on like had it not been a movie. That's 
opened it up to a wider audience. Um, but that's a very interesting thing to think about. It's just, it's just, it's just, um, it's just a thought. It's just a but thought. But you're right, because, like, there's so many things that the movie just doesn't have time to explore. Like, I would love yes. to know more about, like, the dogs, <laughs> the tribe. <laughs> the tribe that keeps barking. Yeah. Um, there's, there are, like, four, five different tribes that make up this, like, council of, or this country of yeah. whatever. Um, and then... I had a question about the character that Andy Serkis plays, Ulysses. 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 Yeah, yeah. Is he in the other movies? He's in one other Avengers movie. Because I felt like they wasted a lot of time with him. I get it. He was the conduit to which like helped um, Killmonger get to Wakanda. But like for somebody who gets then shoved aside... To, to open up the story yeah. to really have it be about, you know, Michael B. Jordan's character and um, T'Challa. Like, it just, like, thinking back on it, I was just like, well, did we have to spend, like, 20 minutes with him at all? Like, could yeah. we have just figured out a way of, like... Another way for him to... Go, yeah. Be introduced and, like, cut that part out and make this, you know, like, whatever. Also, it was very, very... Uh, Disturbed by Andy Serkis's, like... Arm? Uh-huh. Or, no, just, like... I was just, like, this is the guy who plays Gollum, right? Like, he's, like, jacked. And, like, kind of just, like, a human being that's, like, not this, like, what you know, I imagine in I, my head. Yeah, I, the way, you know what, for me, the way I thought of it, I was, like, good for you. You finally get to act without a CGI. Good you don't you have to have all these ping pong balls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and he looked like he was having a great time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't need to cut you out of the movie, yeah. but I was like, could this have been cut? Like. No, I, I, I totally hear. So, I mean, that is to say, like, this movie isn't, isn't perfect. And Michael B. Jordan nails it out of the park completely. And, you know, um, Ryan Coogler, the director, so he did Fruitvale. Mm-hmm. He did Creed. And then while making this film, he was like, this is my most personal film. I was like, yo, you made Fruitvale Station, which is about, like, police brutality and, like, the police, like, murdering, essentially, like, a black guy. Mm -hmm. You make Creed, which is about, you know, Apollo Creed's son, about a black boxer coming up, you know, and it's like a a Rocky sequel. And I was like, this, a superhero movie is your most personal? And then I find out he's from Oakland. And Mm -hmm. then you have that, that 1992 Oakland, you know, opening scene and Sterling K. Brown in the five minutes or whatever that he has is mm-hmm. so good. It's so good. Everyone, I mean Forrest Whitaker, mm-hmm. you know, Angela Bassett, you know, Lupita, Chadwick, Michael B. Jordan. I don't know the uh the name of the lady who plays the the general. Oh, uh, she's, she's phenomenal. Phenomenal. She's so beautiful. So yeah. good. It just everyone is just I'm sure I'm forgetting Oh, Daniel Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're all just so, so good. And so I'm not trying to take anything away from them. I'm just saying, like, here's some things that, like, I just not didn't like, but just took me a little bit out of the moment yeah. a little bit, you know, because Michael B. Jordan, I mean, he, but he gets it back for whatever reason at the last scene when they're at the, the sunset. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he gets it back a little bit. Like, some of the stuff he says at the end and when he's, like, you know, bury me in the... I mean, uh, what does he say? Like, uh, cremate me and, and throw my ashes in the ocean because, mm-hmm. you know, my ancestors knew that it was better to 
died and lived. I was just like, yo, oh my god, dog. Yeah, you know. So, um, so again, I love this film, but there were just certain things that I noticed where I was like, hmm, interesting. Like this is something that I, and again, this is something you'd mentioned to me before, which is that like no movie is perfect, mm-hmm. right? No movie is perfect. So, but this gets really damn close, and I think that in and of itself should be celebrated. I think sure. this movie should super be celebrated. Yeah. I think everyone should go see it in the theater. Yeah. And I think we should continue to tell Hollywood executives that yeah. movies that feature black people and women sell. Yeah. So, 100%. 100%. Couldn't agree and more. Two of the most entertaining superhero movies in the last couple of years have been helmed by yep. women and by black directors starring women and black people. Yeah. And it was a damn good time. <laughs> and if this is what superhero movies are like, sign me up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think this movie's just, it's just been a really groundbreaking, um, groundbreaking celebration of, you know, a lot of different things, but most specifically, black culture. Excellent. I think that's a perfect way to, to cap this off. Um, was there anything else? That you had? Okay. Um, All right. Why don't we take a quick break here, and then we'll come back with our obsessions of the episode. And we're back. Uh, So why don't we jump into our obsessions of the episode? Um, Why don't I go first real quick? Uh, Mine is uh, I've been watching Dark on Netflix, um, and it is in German. Uh, so you have to, I highly recommend watching it with subtitles, but it, it, man, it, it is weird, but it is good. It is super good. It is like, um, it's like Stranger Things, but super not for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Stranger Things already is kind of like, no, I, I mean, Stranger Things is kind of like for kids, but it's for like a very general, like broad audience. Dark is like, it. it's like dark Stranger Things. Stranger Things, and I, okay, I like it a lot. Okay. There's some time travel elements to it. Do it, I need to not watch it in at night in the dark? Like, do I have to watch it during the daytime? No, you can you can watch it at dark, at night. Okay. I think I watch it at night, okay. and I couldn't watch Stranger Things at night. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's not scarier. It's just darker. Okay. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah. I I cannot recommend it more. Mm highly it will make you think about things and it will make you um it it just brings a lot of questions um i'm about three episodes three or four episodes deep it's good are there multiple seasons i think it's only the one season as of right now and then um how many episodes 13 12 13 something like that something like that yeah, I th- I want to say ten, but I think it might be twelve or thirteen. But um, it's good. It's good. It's got me hooked. It's definitely okay. got me hooked. All right. Yeah. What about you? Um, I'm obsessed with two Ryan Murphy shows at the moment. Um, Ryan Murphy is you know this like producer writer extraordinaire. I guess mm-hmm. who's done a mul- tons of things in the the last like decade or so. I think yeah. he's most known for like. And like the American Horror Story, but he has two shows on the air right now as producer and writer, whatever. Um, one is American Crime Story: The Assassination of um, Versace, 
Uh, I'm really into it. I don't know why. I'm also really into Ricky Martin. I don't know why. Um, I heard he's good on it. He's good on it. And also, like, I just think he's just, like, I don't know, like a consummate, like, celebrity, you know? Like, he's, like, a multi-hyphenate. Like, he's an actor, singer, like, producer, whatever. And uh, he's very good-looking. Also, um, he's good. And um, I think Penelope Cruz is, like, interesting as Donatella Versace, like, her performance is a little bit, like, one note, but, like, also, like, I feel like Donatella Versace in general just comes off as this, like, one note, like, car- caricature version of herself. Right. Um, but it's very interesting. It's it's much more so about, not about Versace, but about the man who shot, or the man who kills him, his serial killer. So it delves into, like, all of the murders that he oh, did, like, even before, like, being Versace's killer. Um, which I can't help but wonder how fictionalized a lot of it is because this guy, like, killed himself um, a couple of weeks or days after he shot Versace. So, um, like, I just don't know where these accounts come from and I haven't done research to, like, figure out, like, how they know that, um, his perspective on things, like, as he's committing, like, other murders. But it was interesting, and Darren Chris, who, like, played this, like, really, like, sweet kid on Glee, is, like, the serial killer, and he's, like, very creepy. But the other, um, the other show that I'm really, really into is 911 on How is that? I love it. I love it. Redditors do not, because I, like, look at Reddit, and, like, they think it's the most atrocious, like, just, um, a really bad show, and I just... I'm, like, really into it. I'm really into it because I have always had this, like, fascination with, like, first responders and things that he must, they must see Uh all the time. And it's literally about first responders. So it's a procedural in a way that's, like, every week there's, like, two to three, like, calls that they go on, like, where they have to, like, rescue people. And so, like, one time a woman was being choked by her pet python or, like, a roller coaster malfunction that's like hanging upside down and they have to get people down and like things like that. But then it also delves into obviously into the lives of these like first responders and what they like, what they go through. And do you know Peter Krause? He yeah. used to be on Six Feet Under. Like I love him. I think he's like such a good I remember actor. Sports Night. Yes, you go way back. Yeah. Um, he's the main character, Connie Burton. The goddess. The goddess. Like she's, she's a 911 dispatcher and like she's just really good and Angela Bassett's in it. Um, like they just oh have, she is. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's also uh, what is his name? There's a Korean actor that I really like, Kenneth Choi, and he's like he's one of the main actors. Like I just think it's like it's a fun show and it's like really easy to get into. Um, so I kind of think people should check it out. And it's already been renewed for, like, a second season. So it's been doing really well for Fox. Um, Great. But good for Ryan Murphy. He has, like, two... Good for him. Two multiple, or I guess there's more shows. But, yeah, like, the user review on um, IMDb, there's a review, absolutely terrible. (laughs) Just, like, I'm not expecting 100% realism from a TV show, but they've got nothing right about public safety. And I don't care. It's so good. As long as it's entertaining. As long as it's entertaining. (laughs) So, yeah. All right. Those are my obsessions. Great. Okay, uh, that's it for us this week. Um, remember to uh, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And um, until next time, uh, we'll see you then. So you want to say bye? Bye, guys.